The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's You Better You Bet from BetQL. You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. Two hours down, two hours still to go here on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat filling in for Nick and Ken, who are off today. We'll be back Monday, and we'll be back the entire week live from Mandalay Bay out in Las Vegas. Counting down kickoff until the big game, Super Bowl 58 between the Niners and the Chiefs. Ryan and I getting ready to dive into that game in a bit. A reminder, though, you guys can continue watching us on Stadium for the next hour. Make sure you go to WatchStadium.com. You can check us out there. You can continue watching us as well on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, Twitch.tv slash BeckQL, and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. Isaac Trotter is going to join us at the uh, end of the hour, 5.40 Eastern time. Talk some college hoops with Isaac. Loaded college basketball slate. Tomorrow, we will dive into that. But, Ryan, let's look at uh, the big one, Super Bowl 58, Chiefs and 49ers. We've seen some line movement early. San Francisco opened up two and a half, quickly went to one and a half. Now it's back up at two. Let me ask you first, where do you think this line closes? Do you think this is where it closes? you think it goes back down to one and a half, two and a half? Where where do you envision that uh, when we kick off, this line closes between the Niners and the Chiefs? I would love to see it close at three, but there's 0% chance that we get there and we could grab Mahomes and the Chiefs at three. No, I think one and a half, one might, you know, like closer to pick might seem about right. Um, you know, obviously like Kansas City going to get some love in the market here soon. It's Patrick Mahomes. Um, it's Andy Reid. It's Travis Kelsey. And it's that defense. That's the other thing. I mean, if you really like look at the Chiefs, I mean, yeah, they led the league in drops. There's no Tyree Kill. They don't have the flashy names. But I would argue maybe this is the most complete team that Patrick Mahomes has played with, right? Like the offensive line for the Chiefs has been very underrated and very dominant the last three years. And it's actually kind of taken a step back. Some of these guys are getting a little bit older. There's been some injuries this year. Um, Mahomes, awesome per usual. I really like Pacheco. And they just, like, they kick it into another gear on both sides of the ball when we hit the playoffs. Now, for me, I have a bunch of 49ers futures. I had some NFC futures. Now I have some Super Bowl futures, thinking that, you know, when we get to the Super Bowl, I was probably going to hate the matchup. And I even said this last week when we did the show together, the AFC Championship game to me, Baltimore and Kansas City, was really the Super Bowl. But the more I look into this matchup, I haven't done anything yet with Kansas City. I'm thinking about maybe just letting it ride with my with my Niners futures here, um, which is always scary. 
you know, I'm not betting against Mahomes, but I, I this current number just don't want to really do a whole lot. And I don't know, you know, that I, I definitely don't think we're getting closer to two and a half or three. I think it's only going to go the other way. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think we've seen a little bit of sharp money after it hit one and a half, bring it back up to two. Right now, BetMGM, 73% of the bets are on Kansas City. I, there's no way we get a three. Like, there's just zero well, no. chance we're we're getting a three. So you're right. If anything, this thing is going back down closer to a pick em than it would a three. But yeah, I think it's going to fall right around one and a half, two. I don't know if it goes all the way down to one. It feels like that half point's going to be the difference. So, you know, if you like San Francisco, I, I wouldn't wait to bet it right now. I think you could get a better price on the money line. If you like Kansas City, you know, maybe you take them right now at the two, just because, again, like two and a half and two, it'd be nice to have the hook. But I think it goes back down to one and a half before it goes to two and a half. I'm kind of like you. I really don't know what to do in this game. The contrarian in me wants to take San Francisco just because, I mean, how can you not like the Chiefs in this game? It's Mahomes as an underdog yet again. The recency bias with who the Chiefs have beaten on the road, how San Francisco has looked, the fact that they shouldn't be playing in this game. They should have lost to Green Bay, and then they really should have lost to Detroit, and they found a way to win both of those games. So that Niners team that was so dominant for most of the year and especially against the nfc like they shouldn't have won either of those games it's fascinating though because san francisco this year they lost five games but they really lost four games because nobody played against the rams in the end of the year three of those four losses ryan were to teams in the afc north they lost to baltimore they lost to cincinnati and cleveland right so they have struggled against the afc this year on the flip side Look at the Packers. Look at the Chiefs against the NFC this year. They've lost to the Packers. They've lost to the Lions. They've lost to the Eagles. So if you're into that whole like, you know, cross conference thing, both of these teams have kind of struggled where it's been the Niners against the AFC and the Chiefs against the NFC. I've been saying all week, and I don't think this opinion is going to change. I think if you like San Francisco, I think you just bet them early. You bet them first quarter and you bet them first half. I don't think they're going to be able to come from behind like they have in their first two playoff games to beat Kansas City because, again, the formula to beating the Chiefs, Ryan, at least this year's version, you can't do it from coming from behind. You have to be up in the game. That defense and secondary is too good, and that's exactly what Kansas City wants. They want San Francisco to play from behind and they want the same game script that they did against Baltimore where they're up and the opposing team feels the need to throw the ball. And even though the Niners have the weapons on the outside, Purdy against this passing defense isn't exactly something that I want. So, man, it's a tough game, but I think that's to me right now is the play is I think San Francisco first quarter uh, or first half at like a minus 125, that, that would be my luck. Yeah, you remember the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, obviously, where Kansas City's offensive line was all beat up, and it was Mahomes running for his life against Tampa's front four, and they were just getting pressure on him all game long. Like, if you think that could happen again, and I know the Chiefs' offensive line, though, the difference is they're pretty healthy here coming into this game. I mean, majority of they're they're pretty healthy, I should say. But, I mean... I was looking at like San Francisco to win both halves. There was some like four to one prices there for me. Yeah. I mean, um, my biggest bet in this game is the total. I took the under. 
I, I do like the under in this game at 47 and a half. I just I don't know how many possessions there's going to be for either of these teams. You know, I liked Baltimore. The reason I liked Baltimore last week against Kansas City, other than we had to fade Patrick Mahomes, of course, was I figured that they were going to be able to eat clock, you know, control time of possession, and run the ball against Kansas City. Because what we love about Kansas City's defense and Spags is they could get pressure on the quarterback, but they have to dial up the blitz, man. They're blitzing at a top 10 rate, seventh highest rate in the NFL. They're not getting natural pressure, and they have a good secondary. A really aggressive secondary. I mean, I love those guys. I love Snead, but um, they're built to play with the lead. They're not great against the run, and they really struggle to defend the run off tackle. And I figured Lamar Jackson was a terrible matchup against that Kansas City defense because he himself is almost averaging six yards off tackle. Now, with Kyle Shanahan with extra time to prepare with that run game, Christian McCaffrey... I, just, I think San Francisco is going to look to run the ball. Like, I loved all the Purdy props against Detroit last week, against that pass defense. But I think this is going to mm-hmm. be more of a McCaffrey game. I'm not playing his overs. Maybe it's going to be a Mitchell game. But I think San Francisco is going to look to run the ball. I did play Brock Purdy rushing yards over 11 and a half. I grabbed that right away. I know that's went up a little bit. I know we're going to talk about props here coming up. But I think San Francisco is going to look to run the ball, eat some clock. And then Kansas City... I think they're going to do the same thing. I know they're going to do the same thing because San Francisco's run defense, especially the last month of the season, like look what Aaron Jones did a couple weeks ago. Look what Detroit was able to do. Detroit should have won that game. They had a three-score lead. The reason they had that lead was because their offensive line was absolutely punking San Francisco up front. Bosa's been on a milk cart, and Chase Young hasn't done anything really outside of like the first couple weeks that they picked him up. Yeah. I mean, like he might be a healthy scratch in this game. Who knows? Um, So I think both teams are going to run the ball and I don't know how many possessions there's going to be, which might not be a great thing for player props um, unless you do like the rushing yards for Pacheco and McCaffrey, but I love the under in this game at 47 and a half. That's my biggest bet here. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn on the total. See, it's funny. I was actually looking at like a first half over, which again might play into your hands because of how good Kansas city is in the second half and uh, in the fourth quarter as well. But I just think about how San Francisco's look so far in the postseason. green Bay in that first half had three drives where they went down the field and they just weren't able to score touchdowns, but they really moved the ball. And then Detroit did the same thing that the green Bay did. The only difference was they were able to score touchdowns. So that Niners defense, both of those games in the first half, they've really struggled. And on the flip side, like Kansas City's offense in the first half, man, Mahomes, Andy Reid, that game script that they have, those first two, three drives, what they did to Baltimore's defense the first two drives before the Ravens finally settled in was really impressive. So you give Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan two weeks to prepare and dial up 15 plays of what they want to run I just think that's advantage to both offenses. I think we could see some scoring early. That's why I'm kind of staying away from the total because I agree with you. I kind of lean to the full game under. And I mean, those trends with the Chiefs in the second half and the fourth quarter and what they've been able to do, um, 47 and a half feels about right to me. But I'm looking at it first half at 22 to uh, 22 and a half. Like I could absolutely see a 14-10 game at halftime, 17-10 game, like something like that. Like 22 and a half just feels too low to me especially if the full game over is 47 and a half and the first half is only 22 and a half and we know how good the chiefs are in the second half 
Like to me, I, I don't mind laying a little bit of juice at minus one thirty for that. I just feel like anything under twenty four is probably a good number in the first half. And you know what? That's actually like a good point too about the total man. Is if you like the over, I think a good look might be the first quarter with the scripted stuff, where it's Shanahan yeah. going against Andy Reid. I mean, you could get points right off the bat, and if you pay attention to the Chiefs totals, especially the live totals. Like if the Chiefs are able to build a lead in this game, like if they go up ten nothing or if they go up, you know, fourteen three or something like that, I'm probably going to look to live bet the under here because they kind of, they're that's usually the trend right there because they're going to run the yeah. ball and that defense is so good and that's when that defense is just probably going to be able to tee off on Purdy. The only concern there is turnovers. You know, you get a pick six, you get a fumble and a yep. scoop and score, and you could be screwed with the total right there. Uh, but I do like the under quite a bit. That's a, again, Ryan, I'm telling you, like, if you like San Francisco in this game and for all the listeners out there, like I just go all in, I bet the Niners first quarter money line, I bet them first half money line and I bet them to win the game. Like, I just don't see their path of success trailing in this game, like all the numbers with Shanahan and trailing in the second half and the fourth quarter. And I know they were able to win last week against the Lions, but man, against Mahomes, against that defense, like, I just don't know if you'll be able to do it. So if you like San Francisco, I think you got to like them early in the game and for them to get off to a hot start. When Kate was on, she brought up a great point that the Niners are the second and the Chiefs are the third team in the league at scoring the first touchdown in a game. So both of these teams normally get off to a hot start, which is no surprise because they have arguably the two best play callers in the sport with Shanahan and Andy Reid. Obviously, the Chiefs have Mahomes and the Niners are so efficient, but... Yeah, man, I just, that to me is the way that I'm thinking in this game. If you like the Niners, I think you got to like them early. Whereas well, Kansas City, I mean, you know, Mahomes has come back from double digits so many times and he has no problem doing that. And that's another reason why I really don't like betting the game off of the jump. I think it's going to be a good opportunity to bet it live. Whereas you said, if Kansas City's up early, I think that correlates to the under in the game. And you know, if the Niners jump on them early and they're up like 10-3, they're up 14-6, 14-7, and we can that's get Kansas City over the four and a half, right? Like, that's why I really don't want to touch Kansas City money line or I don't want to touch Kansas City plus two. I just wait to bet it live. Like, let's get a three and a half. Let's get a four. Ryan, if the Niners get the ball first, if they cross midfield, if they get to the 40, 35-yard line, we're going to get a live line with Chiefs plus three and a half, plus four, right? Like, that's all it takes. So, you know, I know the plus money with Kansas City is really enticing with everybody, and that's kind of the way I lean in the game as well. But, man, a plus three and a half, plus four would just be all systems go. So I just think betting the game live is probably the best way to go in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be a big bet for me if we could get Kansas City anything over a field goal. I mean, and that would be the hope right there. Like, the scripted stuff goes well for San Francisco. You know, maybe they're able to take a 14-3 lead, a two-score lead. And then, I mean, who do you trust more in the second half late in that game as well? Who's going to be more aggressive? Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs playing from behind? Or San right. Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. I could see it now. You got Shanny out there kicking 32-yard freaking field goals, playing scared, coaching scared. And that's when, you know, you, you could fire away on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that'd be a pretty big bet if San Francisco was able to uh, build the lead in this game. I don't know if they're going to be able to do so, though. No. Yeah, I completely agree. It's 
It's an interesting game, man. It really is. I knew as soon as the Chiefs won, I knew if San Francisco won, they were going to be favorites, and a lot of people were going to take the Chiefs. The contrarian in me, like I said, wants to take San Francisco, but just with Mahomes as a dog again and Purdy going up against that defense, I think it could it could cause some uh, some trouble. So we'll continue to break this game down. We'll dive into some player prop next. We'll look at the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, some of the kicking props. We'll talk some Super Bowl MVP as well here. You better you bet presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat breaking down the big game next, looking at some player props. And then we got Isaac Trotter coming up 540 Eastern time. Going to talk some college hoops with Isaac as well. Coming up here on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat, filling in for Nick and Ken here on a Friday. We got Isaac Trotter joining us next segment to talk some college basketball. We're going to continue breaking down the big game between the Chiefs and the Niners. A reminder to all the listeners that you can watch us over on Stadium for the next 40 minutes. Make sure you go to watchstadium.com. We'll be with you until 6 o'clock Eastern time. We're also on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. Follow us on twitch.tv slash betql. You can watch us and listen to us there on the Odyssey app and youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports. All right, Ryan, we were talking about sides totals in the Chiefs and the uh, the Niners game. But let's talk about some player props. Is there, is any, is there anything that you've already bet uh, that maybe is still or close to the current number where you got it? I still, and I know uh, we're going to see it's the most popular prop bet, but I still like Brock Purdy rushing yards. Now, I kind of like his longest rush under. Haven't bet that yet, though. I want to see where that closes, but... I bet it at 11 and a half, and I still like it at 12 and a half, the rushing yards for Purdy. I mean, he had 48 rushing yards in the NFC Championship game against the Lions. And, you know, Lions really good against the run, but they do send extra pass rushers. They play a ton of man coverage, and that's why Purdy used his legs. And I think he's going to do the same thing against Kansas City, who does kind of the same thing, right? They're blitzing at the seventh highest rate. That's what Spags does. And then behind those blitzes, they're going to play man coverage. And so I like Purdy rushing yards. Uh, the prop that I just bet that I added, I like uh, the Chiefs to record the first sack of the game. Best price that I could find, minus 120. Um, you know, both pass rushes pretty solid, although San Francisco's pass rush the last couple of weeks really nowhere to be found. And the Chiefs have had the first sack in 13 of 20 games this season, including the playoffs. And... I just look at it like this, man. Andy Reid, the best, I think, at scripting uh, in the National Football League. I think that everything, the first two drives, three drives of this game is going to be perfect for Kansas City. Whereas with the Niners, they got off to a slow start now the last couple weeks. Against Green Bay, we blamed it on some rust with the bye week and not playing their starters week 18. But... That was against Green Bay. Then they got off to a slow start against Detroit, trailed by three scores against a really good play caller in Ben Johnson. So I trust the Chiefs to start fast here in this game. So I like the Chiefs to record the first sack, minus 120 in this one. I like that. I think that's a really good angle. I'm doing stuff in the uh, rushing department as well. There are three bets that I've already made for rushing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, so you like Brock Purdy over rushing yards. I like Patrick Mahomes 
over rushing yards at 25 and a half. It's been, you know, very popular that people have talked about Patrick in the postseason and how he uses his legs a lot. Most quarterbacks are that way. Purdy obviously had some big scrambles against Detroit last week. So I do like that. I like Debo Samuel over 13 and a half rushing yards as well for San Francisco. Now he's only gone over this six times this season. Kyle's been a little bit more conservative running the ball with Debo this year than he has been in years past. I like that he's getting two weeks to rest that shoulder, but we've been talking about it like we did last segment. If you want to beat the Chiefs, if you want to move the ball on them on defense, you got to run the ball. You got to be able to punk them at the line of scrimmage. Their secondary and pass defense is too good. So obviously McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell will be a part of that. But I think this is one of those games where Shanahan does use Debo as a runner. So I like his over 13 and a half rushing yards. The Ravens tried to do that with Zay Flowers. I can't remember a time where they've ran Zay two times in a game, almost ran him as much as they did the running backs, which, again, that's yeah. a topic for another day. But uh, like Debo, yeah. over 13 and a half rushing yards. And then Patrick Mahomes, over four and a half rush attempts. I like that as well. I like the rush attempts. I like the rushing yards for Mahomes. Ryan, I went back and did some digging. Mahomes, this is obviously going to be his fourth Super Bowl. In his three previous Super Bowls, Mahomes has run for six. He's rushed the ball six times for 44 yards against Philly last year. Five attempts for 33 yards against Brady and the Bucks, and then nine attempts for 29 yards against San Francisco when these two teams met. So all three Super Bowls, Mahomes has gone over his attempts and his yards, which are available right now on BetMGM. I just think it's going to be another one of those games. It's a Super Bowl. It's the biggest game of the year. This is the last game of the year. You have all that rest until August. If you're a quarterback, you run. If there is even a chance that you can get two or three yards in a game like this, you're going to take it. So. Mahomes over rushing yards, over rushing attempts, and Debo over rushing yards. If we're looking at rushing props, those uh, those were the things that jumped out to me that I like. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on Debo in this game. Uh, I played a Debo anytime touchdown. Um, I'm with you on Mahomes. Went with the longest rush. I like his rushing yards as well. Did take Purdy rushing yards. Um I stayed away from Isaiah Pacheco. Number seems about right at 67 and a half. But I mean, San Francisco, yeah, you could run up the gun on them. You could run up the middle. So I think he could have a huge game. Um, what you missed out on was Super Bowl MVPs, futures for Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey, really. And uh, I'll get to Kelsey here in a second. I played uh, Edward Zolaire at a soft number last week, over seven and a half rushing yards, and he had one carry. Number six and a half. I stayed away there, but I did play Eli Mitchell over three and a half rushing yards, minus 130. Again, man, I just thought that Baltimore, I was going to say, went away from the run. They never really established the run, but that's what you should do against uh, against the Chiefs here. So I like that number for Eli Mitchell, three and a half, because McCaffrey's numbers have just gotten out of control. But I do like three and a half for Eli Mitchell. That could be one carry, and I think you know maybe he gets two to three carries in this game. I mean, San Francisco's favored. I don't think there's any chance that there's a blowout against Patrick Mahomes, but if there were, uh, he'd probably get some carries later on in the game. And then I know it's going to be chalky, man, but I played all the Kelsey props. I went over on the receptions and I went over on the receiving yards. I played it early, but I got to be honest, I'd probably still play it and I definitely wouldn't go under. I uh, He just had 11 receptions and 116 yards against the Ravens. And that's the toughest matchup he's seen all year. He's went over his prop, over his number in his last 12 playoff games, which is just absolutely ridiculous, right? He's on another level. Um, and that was against Baltimore. Uh, and 
I made the mistake. We talked about this again last week, Peach. I went under on Sam Laporta, under five and a half receptions against San Francisco, thinking that was going to be a terrible matchup against Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, two of the best coverage inside linebackers in the NFL. Laporta went over the number in the first half, right? He had 97 yards. So I don't think there's a chance that Travis Kelsey gets shut down in this game. So uh, give me all the Kelsey props on the overs. But I do like the Mahomes rushing yards, so we're together on that one here. Yeah, Kelsey, I just, to me, betting all these Kelsey props, it's kind of like betting unders in Iowa football. It's like you should do it every game, but at this point, like, I really haven't done it, you know what I mean? So it's tough to, like, get in because you just feel like as soon as you bet on this stuff, it's not going to hit. So, but you're probably right. I mean, 70 and a half for Kelsey, the receptions at uh, six and a half, even though it's heavily juiced. I mean, you know they're going to involve him in the offense. You know he's probably going to get his touches. You can watch all the film. You can try and take him away. But him and Mahomes, I mean, one of the best combinations we've ever seen in the history of the sport. So certainly could see why you're going there. A couple of other props that I like. Uh, if you're looking at receivers, so you were talking about Kelsey. I actually like Brandon Ayuk's under in this game. Again, for me, it's the matchup. And Ryan, this thing is already taking a ton of movement. I got it at 65 and a half. It's all the way down to 62 and a half now. Um, you know, now that we're getting down there, I still would lean to the under, but it's getting to the point now where I probably wouldn't touch it. You look at Ayuk this season, he's kind of been boom or bust in the sense where he either goes for 40 or 50 receiving yards or he goes for like a buck 20 or a buck 30. And there's really no in between. Like he'll have certain games like he did last week against Detroit. We'll go for 68 yards. He'll have some games in the 70s, but he's either at like 50 or he's either at like 130, and there's no in-between. I know Zay had a great game against the Chiefs last week, but again, that was Lamar. Some of that was Lamar's ability to extend plays, and some of that is just Zay being really good. Nayuk's really, really good too, Um, but man, is this just going to be the right matchup for him going against that secondary? So I I feel like Ayuk... It's just a bad matchup. You talked about it. I like Debo in yeah. this game. I think rushing, receiving, like this is going to be one of those games where Debo is is tough to deal with. So that's uh, for me. I didn't do too much with the receivers, but Ayuk under was something that I did bet um, in this game. And then MVS longest reception is something that I like too. Like think about how the Chiefs are using MVS in the playoffs, right? Whether it's that third you down pass against the Ravens to seal the game whether it's something against Buffalo, right? Like they're using him down the field. Rice and Kelsey are getting all the medium stuff. MVS they're using in the vertical game. So if MVS is going to catch a pass in this game, which he might not, but if he does, I think it's going to be something down the field. I do like longest reception over 13 and a half yards. My favorite prop, I mean, I don't want to come on Nick and Ken show and give out like crappy numbers. And this number is long gone. We talked about this right away. And it's probably going to be a chalky and popular prop. But I really like Kyle Juszczyk. It opened at half of a receiving yard. We're up to three and a half, which I believe he's had like 30 yards in his last two games against the Chiefs. He's been going over this number. But I played Kyle Juszczyk over uh, just to have a reception in this game. And I saw it now like minus 165. What a what a brilliant like the toe tap that he had. That was a that was a beautiful catch that he had. And uh they're probably gonna look to get him involved, man. I mean, everybody's gonna be talking about T Swift in the game, but what about uh Yuschek's wife and 
her new uh, apparel line. Now, I, I love him to have a catch against the Chiefs, against those linebackers. I think Shanahan will have something drawn up for him. So I like Juszczyk. I mean, it's chalky now, minus 165. The price absolutely sucks. But um, it's just like w- with props now, like these things come out earlier than ever. And so you, you if you want to play your overs, you really got to get to these right away. Or these numbers are just yes. long gone. You know? No doubt. Yeah. Oh, especially next week. I mean, when everybody really starts diving into the Super Bowl, like these numbers are going to change every which way. Another thing I bet, Ryan, you know, I love my kicking props. Harrison Bucker over one and a half field goals at minus 105. This might be my favorite one. Like, I really like it. Obviously, the familiarity playing in Vegas every single year. He knows the turf. He knows the stadium, which should help him. We know that the kickers are creature of habits. So that's a big plus. He made four field goals against Miami, two against Buffalo, made his only kick against Baltimore. He's hit like 13 of his last 14 field goals. This is obviously his fourth Super Bowl that he's going to be playing in. Like the stage won't be too big for him. He knows the moment. And again, if you like, the line right now is telling you that San Francisco is the play. Like they're daring you yet again to take Mahomes with points. They're saying here he is plus money yet again. Go bet him. So if San Francisco's going to win this game, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball against that Niners defense. If the Niners are going to win, Ryan, they got to keep Kansas City to field goal. So for me, this is just one of those plays where I look at where the line is and I look at what's going to have to happen for what Vegas thinks is going to happen, and that's right now is they like the Niners in the game, then it's Kansas City's going to have to kick field goals. So I'll take yeah. Harrison Bucker over one and a half field goals at minus 105. That's probably my favorite bet on the board right now. All right, so I have kind of the same angle with you, man. And I was looking for first field goal uh, San Francisco because it's Kyle Shanahan, and he loves kicking field goals in big games. He loves kicking field goals, and he loves punting on fourth and one, right? Like, he's a coward. And so I'm looking at Moody – uh, over one and a half, San Francisco 49ers total field goals made over one and a half at BetMGM right now is even money. It's minus 130 to the under, even money to the over. The only problem with Moody, is he going to make the freaking field goal? I know. Or is he going to push it right and miss a 43-yarder? But I love that over one and a half because Kyle loves kicking field goals. So same angle, but not with Bucker for me. I'm going to go with San Francisco over one and a half total field goal. Uh, at even money. And that's one that I was waiting to play uh, until today. And the price is still there. So that's one that I like. I, a bit. I, totally I like the field goal with props, you. though. Like I said, man, I, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. And um, I think both teams, you know, are going to settle for field goals in this game. So I, I really do like that look. I, I'd totally be with there with you, with Moody. If again, he would just like, if he was good with his kicks, I mean, the guy has missed a ton yeah. of kicks. So even as conservative as Shanahan is, knowing who's on the other side, like if Mooney misses his first kick of the game, does Kyle just turn into Dan Campbell and say, unless this is a chip shot that I know he's going to make, like anything outside of the 20, 25-yard line, I don't know if I'll be attempting a field goal. That's the only thing that worries me. And then something that we were talking about when I asked uh, Kate Constable a question, I like Brock Purdy to throw a pick in this game, especially at the price at plus 100. Like this just really doesn't make sense to me. It feels like it kind of should be flip-flop where Mahomes should be the plus 100. And Purdy should be the minus 115. I think even money, again, I just keep going back to that Baltimore game. 
The best defense that Purdy saw all year was the Ravens. The guy threw four picks. If you get to him early, especially in a game of this magnitude, he can feel a little small. It can rattle his confidence a little bit. I think Kansas City could have similar success. So, man, I think at the price, you know, if it was like a minus 130, minus 140 for Purdy to throw a pick, wouldn't be interested. But even money, plus 100, absolutely all over it. So Brock Purdy to throw a pick, another prop that I like in this game. Isaac Trotter, it's time to talk some college hoops. Isaac Trotter going to join us next, National College Basketball Writer for 24-7 Sports. Big slate tomorrow. Duke, Carolina, Houston, Kansas, Tennessee, Kentucky. We break that down next. You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. Let's get back to You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. P.J. Glasser, Ryan Horvath, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. We're wrapping up hour number three. We're wrapping up our time with Stadium as well with you guys for the rest of this segment. Continue watching us on twitch.tv slash betql, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, and uh, also on the Odyssey app. Talking a lot of football. Now it's time to turn our attention to college basketball, and we bring on Isaac Trotter. You guys can Follow Isaac on Twitter, X at Isaac underscore Trotter, National College Basketball Writer for 24-7 Sports. Isaac, it is a loaded college hoop slate tomorrow, man, and we're going to get into it, but just want to know if there's anything that you like tonight in college basketball, any plays that you got. Yeah, that Iowa-Ohio State game is really interesting to me. I, I was looking at Bruce Thornton, over three and a half assists. It's a guy who's he's hit this number in 13 of 15 games against high major teams so far this year. Uh, Iowa gives up about 15 assists per game that ranks outside the top 300 nationally. So this is kind of a weird, weird line to me because it's been four and a half for him basically all year long. And now we're down to three and a half in a spot where Ohio State has an implied team total about 77 points. That doesn't make sense to me. So I think that's a little bit of a misprice spot there. Uh, you could also look at over 18 and a half points and assists with him. And then the other one with that too is Ben Creaky, over 13 and a half points for Iowa. This is a guy who has a really nice matchup tonight. Iowa's been playing a lot more two big lineups. So Owen Freeman has started to really take a, a control of that center spot. And I think this is going to be set up for Ben Creaky to get some matchups against Jamison Battle, a guy who he has 25 pounds on, who's really more comfortable operating out on the wing, Creaky more in the paint. And he's a guy who's he's averaged 15 points a game this year. We've seen him go for big nights. This Ohio State defense has really fallen off a cliff. I think they're 170th nationally in defensive ratings since the beginning of January. Um, and, and so we're talking about one of the worst teams in the Big Ten defensively. At home for Iowa, a spot where they're probably going to get 80. I, I think Creaky is in a, in a really good spot to smash. So both of those two, both those two props seem really, really good to me tonight. All right, let's move on to tomorrow's slate. Uh, like Peach said, obviously a ton of great games to get to. I actually wanted to ask you quickly about uh, UConn and St. John's. St. John's four and a half point dogs total in that game one forty six and a half. UConn obviously the number one team in the country. Opened at five and a half. We're down to four and a half right now over at BetMGM. Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I think with Donovan Klingon back, like we've starting to see a little bit of a different vibe from this UConn team, especially with their rim defense. I think when he's on the floor, teams are shooting just 46% at the rim. St. John's has Joel Soriano, who's a, a big-time big man, right? He can give you a little bit of a post presence there. But outside of that, they really don't have any other rim presence. Like they don't get much from their guards driving to the basket. With Klingon there and how well he's playing defensively, 
I think we could see St. John's turn this into like, hey, we're just shooting jumpers all day. And that's a bad recipe against UConn. So I don't know if I would bet four and a half, but I'm waiting till I get that inside of a possession. Maybe that's live. I think UConn is going to find a way to get this one done tomorrow against St. John's. I just don't know if I can go four and a half. If I can get a two and a half tomorrow, I'm all in. Isaac, something we don't see often, if ever, is Kansas is home underdogs at the Fog, but that's what we got tomorrow against Houston. Now, Houston is the better team, but, I mean, we all know how hard it is for road teams to win in Kansas. So it's just just one of those bets where you got to take Kansas as a home dog, or do you like Houston? Yeah, I, for me, like I'm a little bit concerned about where Kansas is trending, especially right now in the short term. Kevin McCullers' knee injury is something that concerns me a little bit, right? He sat out against Oklahoma State, probably because Oklahoma State isn't very good and Kansas knew they could get the job done without him. But if he's not close to 100%, I think it this can, this Houston defense can put Kansas in some binds, especially with, you know, with their ability to trap and their ability to force turnovers against a Kansas team that they've been taking care of the basketball better a little bit lately. But there's still some turnover concerns and some spacing concerns with this group. But for me, from the props angle, I think Hunter Dickinson assists is a really interesting line to look at. Those haven't been posted. But if it's a one and a half or two, like if it's one and a half, I think that's a bet. Multiple or centers in four of the last five games have had multiple assists against Houston. They basically force you to play four on three and you have to make quick decisions and quick reads. And Dickinson's one of the best passing big men in the country. But I'm with you. I think this is a spot where Kansas is going to find a way just to get it done. I mean, they're home dogs. This never happens. I think it's just a second time since like, what, 2010 that this has ever happened. So it, it feels like this is a Kansas spot. But man, this is a really tough matchup against a Houston defense that I think is playing at a really, really high level. Pretty excited for this one tomorrow night. Uh, number seven, Duke at number three, North Carolina. Uh, Carolina, a five-point favorite. Total in the game, 151. The last couple of years, I've struggled backing John Shire uh, on the road, but Duke's been a little bit better this season. They're 16-4. and four. What do you like here, if anything at all? Yeah, Armando Baycott over 11 and a half. That prop just got posted. That was an immediate bet for me. He's played Duke nine times. He's hit over 11 and a half every single time. So that's a, a wow. spot where Duke this year has played single coverage against post-ups all season long. Baycott's going to get a lot of single coverage. I don't know how healthy he's been lately. So that's a little bit of a concern of mine, but I think he bounces back and finds a way to get it done tomorrow. And then overall, like this Duke team, I still f- like really want to bet on Duke at this spot. Like I-, I know it's on the road. I understand that. But I think Duke, I mean, if you're playing like the power rankings game of like who are the best players on the floor, it's like it's RJ Davis is the best player. Kyle Filipowski is probably the second best player. Then after that, it's like, I-, I mean, you could make a case that Duke has the next three guys. I really like how Tyrese Proctor's playing lately. Jeremy Roach has been a guy that has really been super consistent as he's gotten healthy. And then obviously Jared McCain, the freshman, has played at a high level. So I think I'm going to be on Duke tomorrow, but I really, really like that Armando Bay got over 11 and a half. That, that number just made no sense to me. Ryan and I were going over the games at the break, and I told him this was going to be one of my favorite plays is Kentucky in a pick against Tennessee. Kentucky lost midweek against Florida at Rupp Arena. Isaac, I just can't see him dropping two straight. And Tennessee, you know, they're just a different team on the road than they are at home in Knoxville. What are your thoughts on the Vols and the Cats? Yeah, I'm with you. You know, this is a Kentucky defense. A lot of people have talked about, oh, is it good enough to win the national title? I don't know. But I don't know if Tennessee is a great shooting team, right? Like Kentucky ranks outside the top 320 nationally in the amount of unguarded catch-and-shoot threes that they give up, right? So you think, hey, like Tennessee could take advantage of that. But the problem is, is like all of these Tennessee role players haven't really shot it that well lately. Santiago Vescovi has been a little bit up and down. Jordan Ganey is super up and down. Josiah Jordan James is in a big slump right now, 30%. It feels like 
can Dalton connect outscore this entire Kentucky team by himself? So I understand that like Kentucky is younger. I understand that Tennessee is probably gonna be way more physical with this group, but I do think Kentucky finds a way to get this one done just because I feel like they have so many different guys that can do it. And for me, like I like this Tennessee team and, and maybe Jonas Adu bounces back, but it, it just feels like Kentucky is just a little bit too much of an avalanche. And we've seen, Teams that can run and get out in transition and make plays like North Carolina have given this Tennessee defense that's really good. I don't know if they're special, but you can give them some problems in transition. What the hell happened to Memphis? Like, I really like them, and then they haven't won a game since January 14th. They lost to South Florida, uh, Rice, UAB, Tulane. They've they've lost their last four. Um, they're 10-point favorites tomorrow against Wichita State. I think that's the last team they beat, actually. What's going on with Memphis, and do you expect the bounce back tomorrow for them? Man, it's been a tough road for them. You know, part of it is some of their early season wins. Those haven't aged as well as we necessarily thought. Some of those teams that they beat earlier in the year that we were like, hey, that's a that's a great win. Doesn't look the same right now. But it's just a weird team. They're old, but they don't necessarily play like it. They, they've been really, like, inconsistent. The turnover concerns is a really big issue for me. Uh, I, I'm not totally in love with this Wichita State team, though. This is a, a first-year coach who's really, really good. But I, I just haven't loved what I've seen from them at times. They, they can get really jump shot reliant and not getting a ton of stuff, a, a ton of offense at the rim. So I do think it's a decent spot for Memphis, but I just don't really trust this group right now. And it feels – I feel icky betting on Memphis at this point, and, and I don't feel yeah. like I I can really trust them, even though they're one of the oldest teams in college basketball. Isaac, what are your thoughts on this Auburn-Ole Miss game tomorrow? Auburn's another one of those teams that you always bet them when they're at home, but they're a little different on the road. Chris Beard in year one in Oxford's done a really good job, but it just seems like when they play teams like this who are a step up in class, they tend to struggle. Auburn's five-point favorites, though, that seems a little high to me. What are your thoughts on, on that matchup? Yeah, this one's simple for me. Ole Miss gives up the most shots at the rim of any team in the SEC. And Auburn shoots the most shots at the rim of any team in the SEC. Like, that's what they do. They live at the basket. I I think that this is a good spot for Auburn. I, I think they're going to find a way to go on the road against an Ole Miss team that's they're, – they're okay, but I don't know if they're necessarily in that elite tier of the SEC. And we've seen Auburn get really close lately, right? Like, they've just been a little bit close to getting over the hump but haven't really notched that signature win. Is it a signature win to beat Ole Miss? I'm not super sure, but I do think this is a really good spot for them. Ole Miss has started to change their rotation a little bit. Uh, we talked a lot early with them about, like, hey, they're going to have elite rim protection on the floor at all times with their, with their big man duo Jamarian Sharp is a seven foot five guy right they go get Musa Cisse out of Oklahoma State but lately they actually haven't been playing those guys too much they, they've really pivoted to try to get more skill on the floor play more guards on the floor I'm not sure that's going to work against Auburn I, I think Auburn gets it done against a, an Ole Miss team in year one of a rebuild so uh, we got about 90 seconds anything else that you like uh, for tomorrow yeah, you know, I, I think when I look at that Kansas and Houston thing, I, I've, I really want to see what Johnny Furphy's three-point uh, number is, if that's a one-and-a-half, if it's a two-and-a-half. Like, lately, he's been pretty hot. If we get a two-and-a-half, I will take the under on that. If it's a one-and-a-half at a good price, I'm interested in that as well. You know, some of the other games, too, Michigan State and Maryland is one that I was eyeing. Uh, Michigan State just absolutely abused Maryland in transition last time, and they needed every bit of it to beat that team 61-59 at home or on the road. I think Maryland is a sneaky, decent spot for them tomorrow against this Michigan State team. I think they match up very, very well with them. And Michigan State, A.J. Hogard's probably their best perimeter defender. They didn't guard Jameer Young with him. They used him on Dante Scott. I think Jameer Young's going to be in a position to get back, get rolling a little bit. And so if Maryland can really, you know, dial in that transition defense and, and force Michigan State to play 
a half court game. I think Maryland could keep that one a little bit close tomorrow. So those are the couple that I was eyeing. I like it. Yeah, I was at the Maryland-Nebraska game last Saturday, Isaac, and that was one of the better games that they've played. They've been off the whole week, so to your point, might be a good spot for them against the Spartans. Isaac Trotter, you can follow him on Twitter X, at Isaac underscore Trotter, National College Basketball Writer for 24-7 Sports. Isaac, always good having you all, man. Enjoy the slate of games tomorrow. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it really is. Ryan, what game are you most looking forward to? I think Duke Carolina is probably the easiest answer, right? I mean, it's probably yeah. one of the best rivalries in all the sports. Um, is it that yeah. one or is it one of the other games? No, it's 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 Duke Carolina for me. It always is Duke Carolina. I look forward to this twice a year, usually three times a year. Hell, sometimes four times a year. Well, once when we got that in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, growing up, man, I just I love this rivalry. I love this game. It was always my bucket list to uh, go to this game. Haven't haven't scratched that one off yet, though. Unfortunately, I haven't crossed that one off yet. No, neither have I. Would love to as well. I think I'd rather see him at Durham, right? Than uh, than at the Dean. Yeah, and at the Dean Dome, just because Durham's tinier. It just feels like you get the complete college experience. So that'll be fun tomorrow. We're gonna continue talking college hoops. Ryan and I will give our thoughts on some of those games. We'll look at the futures market as well. Power Hour, fourth hour. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM. Rolls on on the other side of the break. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath.